Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. As of the recording of this podcast, Christmas 2021 is exactly eight days away, so I'm sure by the time you listen to it, it'll be a week or less away. With Christmas being just around the corner, the Lord really just keeps impressing upon my heart to stress who the true focus of this season should be. It really should be about the celebration of the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I had the opportunity this past Sunday to preach at my home church, New Mercy's Christian Church. And I'm grateful to God and certainly to Pastor Kearney for the opportunity to proclaim God's word. And the message that the Lord gave gave me was right in line with helping us to keep our focus on Jesus during the Christmas season. So I did want to share just a, a few insights with you from the message. The actual message text was from Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And for the sake of time, I will not read all seven verses, but I will read an excerpt. I'll read a couple of verses from it. I'm going to read verses 2 through 5. Again, Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 5a. And it reads, and this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking to the church at Ephesus. Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 5a. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. And the first thing that I saw in this was that Jesus really does see our works. The long and the short of it is what we what I didn't read in verse one is the Bible says that Jesus is going amongst the churches. Right. He's walking amongst the churches. And so, in other words, what it tells me is that Jesus is really near to us. He is with us. He's he's walking amongst the churches and he's kind of looking to see what they're doing. But here's the thing. He commends this particular church. This is the church at Ephesus. And I do want to pause here just for a moment to say that when Jesus is commending the church, he's not commending a building. And I oftentimes think we get caught up in thinking about churches just being an edifice, a building, a house where we go to worship. But no, the church in particular, in this particular word, the Greek word is ekklesia, and it means the called out ones, the called out people, the meeting of people, not a building. And so Jesus is commending the people for their good works and for their endurance. He's saying to them that you weren't a flash in the pan Christian. You didn't start something and you and you stopped it when things got hard. It was actually the very opposite with this particular group of people. They had been going through some trials and tribulations. They had been facing persecution and they didn't quit, but they kept doing what they were supposed to be doing. This particular church was concerned about pleasing God and sticking with the Christian faith. And these Christians endured for Christ's sake. And Christ said, and you have not become weary. 
Right. And so you're listening to that and you're saying, wow, well, these guys are pretty good. What the problem is. <laughs> right. What's the problem? Right. In other words. But life is looking pretty good at Ephesus until it's not. Go to verse four. Jesus is saying to them before we get to verse four, Jesus is saying to you at Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, hey, you're doing well doctrinally. You're doing be doing well behaviorally. But there is this one serious defect. Jesus in verse four says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. And here's the thing in scripture. We know whenever there is a nevertheless, whether positive or negative, when we see the nevertheless, that means we really need to pause and stop and take a moment and look at this because whatever comes after that is really serious. Whatever comes after that is the real impact of the story. And so Jesus says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. What he's saying to the church at Ephesus is that, hey, you weren't strong doctrinally, nor was your behavior straying, but what was straying was your straying, was your affections. You were straying in your affections. Their affections had dried up. So their works and their beliefs had descended to mechanical actions. And what do I mean by this? Let me see if I can give a real, um, real life analogy, a real life example of what he means by they were straying in their affections, that their works and their beliefs had descended to mechanical actions. Immediately, I thought about um, long-term marriages. There are some long-term marriages. There's there's something that happens in long-term marriages. Um, in these marriages that are long-term marriages, they're doing the right things for uh, um, in the marriages. They're doing the right things for the spouses without any affection, affection or joy um, for the marriage. What do I mean by that? People, how many of us know couples that have been married twenty plus years? And after uh, after all that time, they wound up getting divorced. Why? Because they're going through the motions. They have all the right beliefs. They're doing all the right things. They're picking up dinner on the way home. They're taking the kids to football practice and soccer practice and basketball practice and piano practice and math tutoring and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, you get the story, right? So all of their lives and all of their time, they're consumed around making sure the kids have everything they need, doing things for the kids. The problem is, the kids grow up. And I tell this story all the time. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was when we, Monica and I, my wife and I had um, young children. We just had the twin daughters at the time. And the lady at the church said to us, your kids will grow up and they will leave you. And I never forgot that. And she said, make sure that you take the time to pour into others. Make sure that you two take the time to grow together and to invest in each other and to love on each other. Well, here's what happens. The kids grow up and they move away. And the two of you now find yourself as strangers because you spent your time and your effort and your energy doing the right things, taking the kids to practice, making sure they had what they needed, but you spent no time growing in your affection towards one another. So now that the kids are grown and out of the house, there are no longer any affection. There's no longer a longing or a yearning or a joy for you as husband and wife to be with each other. And so you wind up going your separate ways. And that's what happened at the church at Ephesus. Jesus said, you're doing all the right things. You're going through the motions, but it's just mechanical because there's no joy. There's no affection. There's no longing for me, even though you're going through the right motions. 
And so God is very clear in terms of how we are to love him. Deuteronomy 6 and 5 reads, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Right? So what does all mean? All means all. All means everything that is within us. Every single area of my life. There is no area that I leave out. Or there is no area of my life or my heart or my mind or my soul or my strength that is separate from God. But I surrender it all to Jesus so that Jesus can be the center of my joy. And so this is my caution to all of us who are listening to this podcast this Christmas season. Let's not get so busy in the shopping and the going to the Christmas parties and the wrapping of the gifts and the buying of the presents and the doing the white elephants that white elephant exchanges or the Yankee swaps or the dirty Santas, etc. Preparing meals and entertaining family and friends and, you know, going out and doing this and doing that and making sure we have gifts for everybody in the tree that we get so caught up in all of that. That we forget the one who makes life worth living in the first place. We forget the one who has afforded us the opportunity to be able to do all of those things that we can afford to do. And so we get so caught up in the goings on of the season that we forget the lover of our souls. We forget the one who is passionate about us. And there is no better time than now during this Christmas season to show God how much we love him and to show God how much we thank him for sending his only begotten son into the world for us, especially during this Christmas season of love and this season of sharing, this season of joy and this season of giving. You see, here's the thing. Christ had already had us in mind, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin. We weren't thinking about God. We weren't thinking about Jesus, but he loved us so much. That's what it means when the Bible says that we were his passion. It meant that nothing could deter Jesus from his assignment to come to the earth so that he could seek and save that which is lost, so that he can seek and save those who weren't even thinking about him and didn't care about him, weren't concerned about him. And yet we were his passion. The love that he had for us drove him so much that he gave up what he had in glory to be wrapped up in this earthly flesh, to come down from his throne, to be um, to be scorned and mocked, to be crucified just so that we could have eternal life with him. And so there is no better time than now to remember and to reflect upon how we felt when we first gave our lives to the Lord. There is no better time than now to be passionate about Christ because he continues to be passionate for us. We continue to be his passion. The question that I have for those of you who are listening is, where is our passion for Christ? And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not making an indictment. But what I am asking us to be introspective during this season, what I am asking us is to remember and to think about, wow, are we doing things out of mechanical, um, just going through the motions, doing it out of rote mechanics? Or are we doing it because of our love for God? Are we doing it because we know that Christ is our passion?
And so my challenge again, my question again is, where is our passion for Christ? My challenge would be, let's make sure that we're intentional. Let's make sure that we're passionate about telling people about this Jesus who came that we are celebrating even now. And so that we know that when we see people and we're talking to our family, we're talking to our friends and we're spending time with loved ones, that we're also using it as an opportunity to tell them about this Jesus, the Christ. Let's be intentional, family, about keeping Christ in Christmas. So remember, preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.